Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We'll share some of our experience as counselors, business owners, and most important of all, as everyday people. Welcome to episode four of the Shrink Think Podcast. We're excited to be here today to talk a little bit more about what we do as therapists. There's a lot of things that people think and maybe have experienced about going to therapy. Maybe some of you are therapists yourself. We just kind of wanted to break that down a little bit, give you some behind the scenes insider info about what it's like in our day-to-day lives. So Nathan, welcome. I'm excited to have you here with me and talk about our jobs. Yeah, we are. um, It's kind of, it's just a weird job as we've been talking about. Again, one of the reasons why we started doing this podcast is because we realized that the uh, questions that we get immediately end up making us think through a lot of things at once, which um, I was realizing one day, you know, people probably don't like if you, if you were a I don't know, like a lawyer or any other job. I think that, you know, hey, you'd get the questions like, oh, what kind of lawyer are you? You know, and you probably would get questions about that, like would want to render legal advice and that kind of thing, or every once in a while people be like, well, I've always wondered about that kind of thing. With therapy, the other uh, layer to that is, do you, like how much do you say before the person before it ends up just being this whole thing like your job again during the day. You know, you're outside of your job and then and now you're doing your job again kind of all, all of a sudden. Yeah, and just to give our listeners a little idea of, um, I guess, that insight, uh, that's a, a cool snapshot of the the therapist brain right there. There's like a pause moment when somebody is asking you a question, you know, tell me about your job. There's this, let me think back on the entire week. And so this is maybe a little bit of a flashback to uh, what it's like Monday through Thursday. We work uh, for, I don't know, 10, 12 hour days or so. So what it's like being a therapist, first of all, what is therapy? And to steal a line from office space, what would you say you do here Yeah, as a therapist? I love office space. Yeah, you just help people change and try to help them get the change that they want. And, you know, that's part of the problem, too, is, you know, sometimes people want change that's just not realistic. So a lot of times, eh, I don't, I say a lot, I don't know if it's a lot, but quite a few times you'll have to navigate, well, you want X, is that even possible? Um, what's going on? And then there's the ones where you want, you want this X, and that is possible, but are you willing to do the work? Like, you're probably... That's one thing after you do this job for a while, you start realizing when you're up and coming as a therapist, I think there's some naivete of of how long things will take in order to change, right? So you think like, oh yeah, we're going to do that. These things just need to happen. And then as you continue, you start and somebody asks you that same question, you have a different reaction. It's more like, well, I used to think that could take six months. Um, Now I'm pretty sure in my experience, that's going to be a two-year process that I don't know if this person actually wants to do. So which is a conversation. Yeah. So when you, when you say we help people change, I mean, you just sort of throw that out there like, oh, that's all. I just change your tire, you know, in and out. But what you just described, I think is actually 
way more detailed. Um, there's a lot more to unpack there. So when you talk about, you know, assessing, you know, what is this need or what is this change that's required? Is that realistic? Are they willing to put in the hard work? You're really talking about assessing more of what's in front of you and getting to know the person, their story, everything that brings them to your office right there. And that's in some some cases that might be a session or two just to kind of get some of the basic facts. Uh, but for me, I find that, boy, that getting to know somebody that well and understanding what brought them here today, that's a question I often ask is what brings you here today and why today? Why'd you come in today and not six months ago or two years ago? There are all kinds of things that led up to the person coming into our office right now that we're trying to gather all that information to determine, yeah, what is the change that's going to be that's that they're looking for. So let me make sure that I, I understand the change that you're looking for. Cause a lot of times people themselves don't understand specifically the change that they're looking for. They just know that something's got to give. Um, so helping to define what that change is and then maybe looking at, okay, how are we going to go about doing that? What's a realistic version of that? Let's get on the same page about that. All the while, this is like a stranger that is sharing their most vulnerable self with you and you're trying to build a relationship and build trust together while you're determining these very intricate things. And that just takes a long time where I think a lot of people, uh, particularly the newer therapists like you described, think about that like, oh, okay, yeah, we can get this done in like, you know, 12 sessions or so. Like, okay, if we're just really on top of it, like change your tire, change your spark plugs, change your oil, like all those things are a few sessions but realistically, this happens organically through the process of a relationship, which just tends to take a lot more time. Right. It just does. I mean, the reality is, is that people have to kind of get, we have to, we're basically helping people get some self-awareness is, and then that makes them kind of better, helps them to better inform us what they actually think is realistic. Yeah. So talk to me about self-awareness, because I think that's a really important part of the process um, that people probably don't realize. Uh, explain what that is, because that's probably going to become a really important key throughout this podcast, but definitely in this episode as we talk about what we do. Yeah, I think self-awareness is just honestly being aware of your own thoughts and your own feelings and your own actions um, from uh, basically an observer's role. So you're having something happen, somebody says something to you, and you have a feeling go through your body, and you become aware of that feeling, while at the same time, you're still in the conversation with the person. So you're thinking, oh, I've, okay, I've, that really pisses me off, or whatever, you know, like, and, and rather than just automatically getting mad, there's a break between, it's the awareness of like what you feel before you act on it. That's what I would say. I'm not sure what you'd say, Aaron. Yeah, I had a, um, a new client come in yesterday, a young man. And as we were talking, um, it's interesting that everyone brings themselves and their habits and their patterns to therapy, even from the very first episode, whether they realize it or not. And so I'm I'm gathering all this information I'm observing. And I remember he was talking about, you know, some some family stuff and the expression on his face showed me or, or told me, I think there's probably more there going on. There's probably a deeper story and probably a lot of hurt that's gone on in your life. But I could tell that either he was suppressing it or 
he wasn't really ready to open up about that because th- this is a brand new relationship and we don't know each other yet. But I asked him about it. And I, I reflected that back to him. So in that case, I was his self-awareness. And and he did say, I mean, he had some awareness that he was doing this, but um, I could tell it was probably something that was more of an issue, more of a habit than he realized. So I guess what I'm getting at is a lot of times I feel like as a therapist, I am the self-awareness for the client in the room. I'm looking at them, observing them, describing what they're doing, describing patterns that I've noticed and reflecting those back to help somebody see themselves kind of objectively. I'm not judging any of that. I'm just commenting, observing. And then it's information that people can have back about their themselves, which is probably going to be different than what they, they think inside themselves about themselves. Well, you know, it's funny is that we have these, there's other people in our lives that do the same thing and they're called partners or spouses. And, um, (laughs) you know, they tell you all the time, like you're doing it now. You always say that you, I can't believe, but like, what's really cool as a therapist is like, we can say the same thing, but like, not you're doing it now, you know, and people go, Oh, I'm doing that. But, and then, and then you get a couple in there. Right. And, and, and I say something like that to the lady or guy or whatever. And they're like, I'm like, Hey, I think that's happening right now. And the lady's like, I told you, I told you, you know, <laughs> and anyway. Yeah, what, exactly. What I hear a lot is, uh, the, the person will take it in and they'll say, wow, that's like, that's so good. Or I didn't realize that or some, something like that. And then the partner will say, I've been telling you that for years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's but, like all of a sudden you're open to, and we, I don't, we could get in the science. We don't want to get in the science right now about why that is, but there's actually some literally uh, neurobiological reasons why that happens, but it's still funny. And also that's just a challenge to you listening that, and I tell people this all the time, your partner knows you probably better than you do. In, in a lot of ways, you have to take them seriously when they're giving you a criticism. Yeah, I, I was going to say that I think one of the reasons for that, uh, it's a common thing. But if you think about this intimate relationship that you really care about, I mean, this this partner is is an important part of your life. You care about them. You are vulnerable with them. And so... You care about them a lot, but they're also somebody who can hurt you the most. And yeah. that's the the tricky balance with with intimate relationships is uh, the more love you have, you know, positive feelings you have towards somebody, the greater the risk of being hurt. And so it's really common, I think, for people when they come in, uh, you know, these relationships with their partners, for example, who have told them this information, they've got some defenses up because they might know that what their spouse is telling them is true, but man, it kind of, it hurts because you want them to accept you. You want them to still love you, even though this thing, and and you're afraid that that's not going to be the case. Whereas with a therapist, um, there's not that same dynamic. So maybe I'm kind of transitioning us into a little bit of, you know, what's different about a relationship with a therapist than with somebody else. And what I'm describing here is that, uh, as therapists, we genuinely care about people and these are real relationships, even though we are doing a job, but we can give that kind of feedback to people because we've, we've contracted with them to unconditionally accept them. So it doesn't matter what they do. We'll give them honest feedback. We'll deal with things that come up about them or about us, about the relationship. We'll deal with those 
And we're still committed to working things out. And I think people have that professional understanding or they, they develop that professional understanding and they can relax into the safety of that in, in ways that are different from with their spouse. Yeah. And I think that you talked about developing that relationship with clients. You'll, you'll, you'll like them. You like them. You want to be with them. You enjoy them as a person and you get defensive of them. So when you're individual doing individual counseling, it makes you, it does enable bias. Right. So, and that's one thing not to get an aside because I think it, but it is worthy of talking about is this whole idea of bias. Um, cause, because there's a line that goes through our field, um, at least more so probably when I was younger as a therapist of like, Oh, you're, there's this kind of like, don't be biased. You need to be neutral. It's like, that's not even humanly possible. After you get some experience doing this, you know, like that's not possible. You just need to understand your bias and you need to share it with the client. So they know if they know, you know, they'll be like, well, kind of, that's what I thought. Yeah, I am biased. I wouldn't defend you. So with a gentleman I was working with earlier, um, even recently, um, I was defending him. I said, you know, I'm very defensive of you right now as you're telling me what happened in your life. And I, I'm very aware that you're, that you love your spouse and you may feel defensive of them as I'm, as I'm even trying to help you be boosted up. So let's just kind of look at that too. At the same time, let's, let's talk about that after we've talked about what we're, what we're talking about, which sounds weird. I hope you're following that, but, um, it's, it is really important. Like that's just kind of the therapy day. You, you have that happen, right? And then later you're talking to somebody who's had an absolutely horrible childhood that has, they have nothing to do with, with that therapy session has nothing to do with, I mean, they're younger, they're, they're not even married, you know? And then you go in and you have another couple. Now the couple comes in and they are dealing with um, something, you know, uh, that just needs communication, uh, communication related issues. They just don't talk very well. And then you have another person come in who's maybe they've been, they've been drug into therapy. They don't want to be there. You know, the um, teenagers are almost always like that. They're like the mandated client of private practice. They have to be there because their parents made them. But one after another, after another. So I chose to kind of give you guys a feeling of like, okay, well, that's one hour, the next hour, the next hour, the next hour. And it just goes like that. And you kind of get into a rhythm. I'm glad you mentioned that because that gives a good feel for what the day is like. And to me, and I think for a lot of people, that's what we like about our jobs. It's people are so different and so unique and every case is different. Even if you are only working with couples, you know, the first couple you see is going to be different from the next couple, different from the, the next couple, where you might see a, an older man and then a younger woman and then an older woman and then a younger man. It's just lots of, lots of variety in our day-to-day job. But at the same time, we're still getting to see some of these people and form these relationships with them and really walk through life with them. For a lot of people, I've been with them for a number of years and and they'll talk about things that are going on in their family. I mean, I, I can remember one uh, one person got married and then had a kid and then had another kid uh, during the time that I saw them. And so I could help them through those transitions and I knew what they were like before and during and after children and marriage and all that kind of stuff. And that's just, to me, that's one of the most exciting things about this is, you know, even though we're getting into some hard stuff with people, we're also getting to 
do life with them or walk alongside them through the difficulties of life and support them. And, you know, we talk about defending them. I, I think about it like sort of advocating for them or protecting them in some ways. And in a lot of ways that they don't advocate for themselves. I want to get into a little bit of, uh, it's a little bit more kind of rapid fire. I feel like we've got a pretty decent picture of what we do. I mean, we could probably talk for hours and hours on how we help people change and all that kind of stuff. And we'll, we'll do that more as the podcast progresses. But in this episode, I'd like to talk about some of the questions we get asked. You said in one of the previous episodes, when we go to a, I don't know, a restaurant or get on an airplane, people always want to talk about, you know, what do you do? And they ask these questions. One of the questions I think that I get asked a lot is, oh, you're a therapist. Well, how do you handle people's problems all day? Isn't that depressing? Yeah. I'll let you think about your answer. I, the, it is depressing actually. Um, and that's where that self-awareness thing comes in. You have to, you have to monitor what's going on inside of you at the same time of what's happening in that moment. So I don't want to lie to people like there, it, it kind of, I will say this when you're with people that are depressed, it's depressing, right? But as we just got done talking about the next person coming in might not be depressed at all. They're anxious as all get out. And so what you're doing is trying to help and specifically as people go through their problems. So in a way you, you are a problem solver, but you're also just helping them to sit with their own problems. And the irony of it is, as you're doing that, you're also sitting with it also. So it's kind of this, it doesn't, it's not in that way. Most of the time it's not as heavy, but as I would tell younger therapists coming up, you can't have just a bunch of sessions in a row that are the same thing or are like really heavy. And there are, there are situations that are a bit lighter, what I call puff balls, where they're like, probably this person's not getting where they want. Maybe they don't have the support with the family. They don't really have much insight and they just, they kind of self-sabotage. And that's more, that's not really like the same as somebody who's having nightmares every night. They're so anxious. They can't do something or, you know, that kind of thing. So I definitely wouldn't give all of that answer. Like when I'm sitting next to somebody in a plane and that's the thing is like, that's kind of what this podcast is about. Right. Cause it's like, like, what would you say? Right. You know, like, and I would probably just say simply like, yeah, it's, it's hard, but you know, I mean, I like the work and I can see some resolution and some some solutions through things. So, so that helps me feel like I'm a part of movement and, and solution. One of my favorite quotes that I picked up early in my career, I think it was from Helen Keller that said something along these lines, the world is full of suffering and the world is full of the overcoming of it. And as an eternal optimist myself, I loved that quote because what you described, I think is absolutely right. It can be very heavy. It can be very dark at times. It can be very difficult as we're sitting with people's pain and, and struggles. But at the same time, we're not helpless. And we know that these are not our problems. And so we're sort of objective in that scenario. And we can help people see the way out. That doesn't necessarily mean changing some of the things that happen to them, but certainly changing how they look at them or how they feel about them, or even simply through sharing it with them people are not alone in those things. And that helps to relieve some of the burden. So I love that whole, that whole, that quote, because it really gets at 
what we're, to me, what we're trying to do is to help people walk out of this pain, make some different changes in their life or be different because of that. So even though it's heavy, there's a lot of opportunity for growth and for healing. And when somebody can sit down with you, like I just did yesterday with this couple, we're not quite done yet, but we've made some very significant changes. They both had some family of origin issues from their each of their backgrounds that was really complicating and confusing the relationship. But working through all that to be at a place where they can actually laugh together and smile and and talk about something and it's easier. Whereas before it would just turn into like, what do you mean by that? Or like this big conflict over nothing. To be able to see those changes is just so rewarding because people are actually enjoying themselves and enjoying their lives and their relationships. Uh, that's just incredibly rewarding where for me personally, at least I don't get as much reward from clicking a few mouse clicks, you know, on my computer, like on a spreadsheet or moving some numbers around or something like that. (laughs) As much as I love the organization, it just doesn't do it for me. Finally, I knew it. (laughs) I knew that was all crap. (laughs) It's a necessary part of the job. You got to organize things. (laughs) Oh my word. Well, there's a, um, bouncing off of that a bit and what we've just been talking about is this idea of how do you as a therapist um separate yourself uh separate doing therapy when you're getting home you know and i I think there's actually three questions that we get or not that we get but that we should probably speak to that happen kind of all the time and they're kind of linked together how do you separate doing therapy and then going home do you think about stuff while you're not at work and do you think about people's problems when you're not with them I think if I just bounced in there, it's like, well, on days that are harder, where there's where I'm realizing as I'm driving in my car that I am still in the office because I'm thinking about, I just can't get into my car. I don't even, that's a self-awareness thing also too, which I guess is going to be the theme of this episode. I, t- I find myself having to say, you're going home, you're going home, you're going, I say it out loud in my car. I repeat it. And then I will add stuff to that. You're a dad. You're a dad. You're a husband. I'll, I'll, I'll say that on my drive home. And man, as a younger guy, and if you knew me, you would know like, really, Nate? That's all freaking hocus pocus weirdo stuff. The chant, you're going to mantra on your way home. Because I'm not the person. And yoga's great, but I'm not the person that's going to be like, let's do yoga and all now say. But I'm telling you, the stuff works. It, it does help. And so... Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you have to figure out as a therapist how to get home sometimes. And truthfully, or how um, to get out of the office, how to how to be disconnected from your work. And I don't think Aaron either as I'm sitting here, you know, if if you're another profession going home, I would imagine it, there's some similarity. Um, you know, like you just you think about that that project that you're on that's that you cannot get it out of your head because it something's not working right it's like not working and you can't really figure out why it's not working and you know you're gonna have to go back to it the next day and that that is a lot of the difference with therapy because you're not going to go back to it the same day because although you're going back to therapy the same the next day like somebody else yeah you're not going back to the same person uh, most of the time anyway just piggybacking off of that, I would say that that disconnection or the separation is is very helpful. I know that the times where I shut my brain off, you know, when I'm when I'm 
in that mode and I, I, it's hard to shut off, but I need to, if I really try to work through it and try to figure it out more, I usually don't get anywhere because I'm really just basically processing what happened. I'm being aware of what just happened in that room and just feeling it. And, and from that standpoint, I'm not really making any progress with it as a therapist. I'm really just like, oh, that was hard or that was really heavy or wow, that was painful. And it's kind of like the client, I'm sure, just feeling it and really just trying to recover from it. So that separation is just so critical to be able to go home. Sometimes uh, I'll let you get back to the other couple of questions here, but really quickly, sometimes I'll get home and I'll see my wife and my kids and I'll have this like renewed appreciation, you know, like, oh, I'm so glad for us. I'm so glad I have you guys because you know, those aren't, it's kind of like what you're describing of like, okay, those are not my problems. Those are not my emotions. I have this. And even though we have our own emotions, we have our own problems as a family or as a marriage. I'm thankful that these are mine. And, um, and it's not to disparage other people's stuff at all. It's really just a a renewed appreciation for the people that support me um, to be able to go out and do that kind of work. So it's like, ah, like this is my little oasis. Yeah. And being with other therapists too is helpful because other folks are aware. We are all aware of kind of how the stresses go. I remember in the Vegas shooting um, a few years ago, I was on the last flight out of there. I did not know that that was going on. We, I mean, literally we, we left the airport. They shut the airport down, I think, while we were in it. I mean, not while we were in it, but while we were in the plane. So I came home to all kinds of text messages and stuff of am I okay and all that kind of stuff. And um, later they put out a thing where, hey, we need therapists to come down, anybody especially with trauma, that kind of thing. My first thought was like, yep, I'm going because I felt so connected to it, which I was, I guess, but um, I just wanted to help. And I was figuring out, I'm like, okay, if I do this, I can't take all these days off. I'd have to add blah, blah, because it was going to cost, they were going to put you up in a hotel and, um, I think feed you, but it was going to cost money to go down, which, which wasn't any like prohibitive at all. But I was telling you about it, Aaron, and you go, okay, um, Nate, let me, let me understand. Let me just hear Let me tell you what I'm hearing. So you're going to work a week and then you're going to go there and work the full weekend, probably, probably 12 hours on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe not on Friday. And then you're going to come home on Sunday. Then you're going to go back to work on Monday and then you're going to work all the way through that. And so your, your next break is about two weeks away and you're working with heavy stuff. That's all acute. It's all happened now. And I was like, I had not even considered any of that. I was just so in like the moment of like, let's go. And that kind of, that's why, you know, we, as therapists, it's so helpful to be not isolated on your own. It wouldn't, I would not even have considered that. I wouldn't have realized that I would have learned that lesson after I did it is what would have happened. And I would have been telling people later, well, I did that. And then I was almost dead. And it's, it's not like that would have been a bad thing to do. I mean, obviously, you know, I support that work and I would have supported you. I just wanted to make sure that you understood like, this is going to be the cost as we're talking about being therapists and taking on all this, all this stuff, you do have to kind of make sure that you balance your life outside of the therapy office with, uh, with, I guess just with balance, like balance things that are, are, uh, 
recovering for you or rejuvenating for you. So when you said that, I was like, I mean, maybe if, if you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm really passionate about this and this is going to be great, even though it's going to be hard, it's going to really boost my, my hope in the world or whatever it's going to do for you. That may be great and be the kind of balance that you were looking for. Um, I wasn't trying to decide for you, just trying to reflect right. that back to you as a, as a co-therapist here. Well, and I didn't feel like, just to put it out, I didn't feel like you were, I mean, it, there was no judgment. It was more like you were just saying, so you're aware of this happening. And then like, okay, cool. You know, like just, and then I would <laughs> look on my face was probably like, no. <laughs> oh, if that's what it is, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> right. You know what? Let's just, boop, boop, let's just back up here. Right. But, but yeah, do you think, um, I know we're probably getting short on time, but just to answer the couple questions here, maybe kick it over to you, Aaron. Do you think about stuff or about people's problems when you're not with them? Yeah, I, yes and no. I think in a lot of ways, because we work so closely with people and we get to know their stories so well, I find myself out and about sometimes processing little things about a case or about somebody's life as I'm trying to figure something out or something doesn't quite make sense or I'm trying to see it from a different perspective. Occasionally, as I've gotten a break, it'll pop back up in my mind because I'm, I'm still trying to chew through it. Other times, though, something will happen where I will be out in the world and something will remind me of one of my clients. You know, maybe they were uh, a huge into race car driving and there will be a commercial for race car driving and I'll think, oh yeah, that's that person right. or a commercial or I don't know, just any kinds of things out there that'll kind of remind me of people just because, you know, we're, we create such close bonds with them. And, um, and so, yeah, I think most of the time it's usually not um, a negative thing. It's more of just like a, oh, like a fond feeling remembrance of something about them, or it's like, I'm trying to figure something out in my job uh, to help them. If I find myself thinking about it too much, that's when I know, okay, like this is really bothering me. Um, either I can't get some separation from this, or I can't get some separation from it because I'm trying to figure it out and I'm stuck and I need to bring it to somebody else. I need to talk with you and say, all right, Nate, I got this situation. I'm not really sure what's going on. Something about it is, is bothering me. So Nathan, what about you? Do you think about clients or issues outside of the office? Yeah, they occur to me at times, um, similar to yourself. Um, there are some times where I will think about it. It's, it's really interesting. It'll be when something reminds me of something, right? Like kind of like a television show or, um, somebody like somebody tells me, you know, I'm talking with a with a family member and they start talking about some job that they do. And then I think about, Oh, I know a person who does that job. Um, that kind of thing, that kind of work, but it, it, uh, it's not too often where it's super distracting. Um, and you just kind of like hear it kind of move on, but yeah, it's, it's interesting working with folks and, you know, that's kind of the summary of what it's like to be in our head, so to speak during a work day, obviously this podcast is going to deal with that. This is going to be kind of a recurring theme of source that's going to come in and come out over the course of time. So talking with you guys with this podcast, we hope to help you understand things differently, maybe for yourself and just know that we are normal people, which, you know, which is what we're going to talk about next time. Just the normal human being of a therapist in the wild. 
And I hope it's uh, just as exciting as being a therapist because I think uh, both of them are pretty relatable. I mean, hopefully people have heard in this episode that being a therapist is really like being a person. Um, but there are some other things maybe that we'll talk about in the next episode that'll be interesting in a different way than people might expect. So stay tuned for that episode. And uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. Good day to you, madam. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to learn more about us, visit our website at shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course.